0: with uh, the staff of the uh, PDP Sports section. Um, We have myself, um, I'm Alex Heider, sports writer for Ports of Daily Times, along with my sports editor, Chris Sloan. How's it going, Chris? Pretty good, how about yourself? Not bad, ready for some football? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's been too long. Um, Anyway, uh, like I said, gonna be a weekly podcast. We're going to try and keep these to about 45 minutes to an hour. We're going to update you on everything uh, concerning uh, sports in Southern Ohio, high school sports, um, especially high school football. Give it a trial run in the fall, see where it goes, and um, hopefully enjoy. Um, you can find us on iTunes. Um, we'll also be linking the uh, future episodes to our website. And um, yeah, And if, if you have any questions or anything you'd like to see us discuss in future episodes, uh, just send us a tweet. Um, I'm at PDT PDTSportsWriter. Chris is at C.R. Sloan, right? Yes. And uh, Or you can email us at um, sports at civitasmedia.com. All right. For our first episode, we're going to be uh, doing a little bit of a preview for the upcoming football season. Um, going through all the teams, discussing where we think they'll finish um, and uh, what everyone has coming back and what we can look forward to. Uh, so where do you want to start, Chris? you want to start in the SOC 2? Yeah, that sounds good. Starting the big show. Um, I guess, first of all, um, I think SSC2 is going to last year it came down to three teams Valley, Wheelersburg, and Portsmouth West. Wheelersburg and Portsmouth West, of course, had that sort of de facto championship game in week 10. Um, and then we had Minford and Waverly coming in uh, fourth and fifth, respectively. Um, I don't think it's me that different again this year. I think it's still going to be those top three teams vying for that championship. Um, Valley, Wheelersburg, and West. I think um, I'll start with Valley. I mean, they have almost everyone coming back. They only lost two real starters from last year: Alex Loop and Ryan Brown. Um, I mean, they were the top rusher and top receiver. But uh, you look wherever, and there's it's hard to find holes in, in Valley. I mean, I don't know about you, Chris, but I. They're going to be pretty solid all all the way through.
1: Yeah, across the board. I mean, starting with Brian Wolf, um, you know, player of the year, district player of the year, 1,465 yards, 20 touchdowns. Uh, Bryce Manello caught half of those, yeah. 10 touchdowns.
0: That's regular um, season's numbers, I believe. Regular season,
1: yeah. yes. Um, they get Willersburg at home this year. Uh, they get West at home this year. Yeah, I think that they actually have a chance to win the SOC 2 this year.
0: Yeah, and uh, – like we said, they lost Alex Alex Loop and Ryan Brown, um, but they're not going to be, especially the rushing. Alex Loop was a leading rusher last year, but with Jordan Howard and Sam Basham coming back this year, they should be all set. Uh, Howard had almost 700 yards rushing, and Basham took over for uh, an injured Howard in week Nine in, or Week 10 in the week one of the playoffs last year, and in two games had 180 yards and three touchdowns. So. Um, I expect him to have a big year with an expanded role in the offense. Um, and I, if Valley doesn't end up with um, the SOC 1 championship, you got to believe that they're going to have a pretty good shot at making another deep playoff run. Um, just being in that Division 6, Region 20, 21, um, it, it's pretty empty. And we talked about it earlier today. Uh, that Division Five, Region Seventeen, that that's very crowded. With Oak Hill moving up, Ports is going to be a lot more. They're going to be winning a lot more games in the OVC this year. Um, so at, that Region Twenty-One is going to be pretty empty. And I think Valley will have another. If they don't make the win the SOC 2, I think they have another chance to make another deep playoff run.
1: I think by the time they play West and by the time they play Willersburg, um, they'll be ready regardless. You mm-hmm. know, I think you saw it last year. Last year they went 11 and four, you know, not a you know two and two in the SOC, not a great, great you know season for them. But then once they got into the playoffs, you know, they just seemed unstoppable, you know, all the way through and had the best postseason that they've had in school history.
0: Yeah, and you finished third in the SOC too, like they did last year, and ended up winning their first ever regional championship. But it Valley, they're just lucky. They're in, they're the only team kind of playing up in um, the SOC 2 from their region, I guess in their division, playing up with the other Division 5 schools. That helps them out a lot, especially with playoff points. Um, so I think they're in a pretty good position to make another deep playoff run. Um, keep an eye out for them. Uh, moving on to Wheelersburg, um, I they lost a lot from last year, but you know what, they always just end up reloading. Uh, Austin May graduated. Um, Chase Chambliss, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, Mitchell Warner, uh, Josh Hutchinson, Cole Cunningham, Wyatt Mingus, all those guys are gone, but you gotta believe that Coach Rob Woodward has something in the works to, um, I don't know, kind of restock and get everyone ready for this year.
1: I think the quarterback position's always interesting at Williamsburg. Uh Two years ago, Eddie Miller, converted wide receiver, goes to quarterback, sets records. Um, last year, Austin May, two-year receiver, you know goes quarterback sets records this year it's going to be kyle davis who is another athlete but he's a defensive back going to quarterback you know can he replicate the same success you know that the previous two did you know that that remains to be seen but where i think willersburg might have the advantage this year is on their offensive line you know they do return four of five seniors or four or five starters um and uh, they average 6'2", 278 across the board. Mm -hmm. Sam Ball is
0: one of those guys that's going to be factor pretty heavily for them on the offensive line. Um, And like you said, they just have everyone step up. I think um, it was interesting last year, Austin May uh, at quarterback ran that uh, read option. Um, I think if with Wheelersburg uh, you just get an athletic guy back there who knows when to throw and when to run, they can make things happen. I mean, uh, and they run so many different formations. All their receivers are really good at running routes, so that opens up things in the secondary for them. Um, Chasen Burke coming back this year, he's going to be a big receiver for them. Um, so, again, I think, uh, like, like we said, it's they just have that system and it works. And no one in the SOC has really kind of figured it out. And once they do figure it out, Rob Woodward is a good enough coach that he can kind of just change it up.
1: It's almost a, it's almost like a plug-and-play system. You yeah. know, he he said Davis doesn't have the big arm, but he knows when to throw it. He throws it on time, you know, and add that um, you know zone run in there, that read option. It seems to work for him every year.
0: Yeah, and everyone's versatile too. I mean, you got Chase and Burke last year was in the backfield some. He was a wide receiver some. Uh, same with Jordan Howard. They, everyone's just like you said, you just plug them in and, and they go. They, just, they all have kind of the prototype athletic kids and you just plug them in and uh, they just do whatever you need them to do. Um, How- I'll, oh, sorry, go I for was her. gonna
1: say, I'm sorry, uh, Howard and Burke last year actually combined for over a thousand yards, yeah. just between the two of them.
0: Yeah, and um, they had a lot more that won't be coming back, but I'm sure they'll have more that will be stepping up and uh, ready to go for them. A uh, Big uh, advantage for Wheelersburg, and also Valley. We didn't talk about Bryce Romanello and the advantage he gives Valley with his leg, um, especially around here when kicking is hard to come by. Uh, Brian, uh, Bryce Romanello ended up with 40 extra points and quite a few field goals. I don't, not exactly sure how many he made, but Taylor Lewis for Wheelersburg, uh, 47 to 49 extra points, and he had a 42-yard field goal last year against Oak Hill. Um, that's huge. You go get past the twenty-five yard line, and you're guaranteed points. Not a lot of teams around here are um, are really guaranteed something like that. Did it
1: not seem like almost last year those two were like in a competition with each other to no. see who could make the most consecutive field goals and extra points? It, yeah. it just seemed like that. That's how it was all year last
0: year. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be like that again this year. And Romanello, um, also a pretty good soccer player, plays on the side. He uh, scored a bunch of goals for Valley last year, and. Not sure if he'll be playing both again this year, but it'll be interesting to see um, where that kicking battle turns out. Um, guess moving on to number three, Portsmouth West. Um, they uh, had a bit of a surprise season last year. Uh, coming the la- or the game one last year, we weren't really sure what to expect. They didn't. They lost to Newcath, I think it was like seven to six. Seven to nothing. Seven to nothing. So their offense was struggling a little bit. Week two, they broke out against Portsmouth and scored like forty points. And they were on from there, and they ended up with a seven and three record. Um, and like we said, finished in that um, sort of de facto championship game against Wheelersburg. Um, kind of fell on that last game of the year, but ended up, still ended up making the playoffs. Uh, lost in the first round to Bishop Hartley. Um, they did lose a lot in graduation. Uh, Steven Irwin, Trevor Welsh, uh, and Michael Davis. There's your quarterback, or your leading passer, leading rusher, leading receiver, all gone from last year. Um, what do you think that um, they'll be coming coming with this year?
1: Well, um, it's kind of funny because last year, I don't know if there was a bigger unknown going into the season with the first-year coach. Um, new system, you know, didn't really know what to expect. This year, I'm not sure if there's a bigger unknown again. You know, they lost 80% of their offense, like you said, in those three flyers. Um I do know senior John Barry is going to get the nod at quarterback. Um, from what Coach Johnson has has. Relayed to me, he's got a cannon for an arm. You know, he's kind of a freakish athlete. He's fast. He's a weight room guy, so he doesn't expect much of a drop off. You know, so will will he be Stephen Irwin? I mean, Stephen Irwin managed that offense perfectly last year. That's that's going to be a big key. Yeah, but don't also don't underestimate their special teams. I mean, Trevor Welch punted. You know, he blocked kicks. Trevor Welch was kind of a jack of all trades last year. I, I think he'll be missed more than maybe anybody on graduating staff last year. Yeah,
0: the good news for them is they have their jack-of-all-trades on defense coming back. Josh Davis had 111 tackles. So he'll be playing linebacker for them this year. Um, I remember, I think it was against the uh, against Portsmouth, um, or maybe the next week when they played Rock Hill. He had a beast of the game. He blocked a couple punts and scored some defensive touchdowns. He's coming back for them. He will be huge for them at linebacker. Um, Wesley Bailey, also coming back, um, had seven sacks last year. So, I think the strength of West last year was their defense. Looks like a lot of that is intact, so they should be scary again this year, I think.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, their defense, Coach Johnson makes no bones about it. You know, defense is going to win for them. They're going to be a ball control offense. You know, and they're going to play field position. And, you know, they'll, they'll see how that works out. And last year it worked out the seven wins. So, you know, they, they felt pretty good about that last year.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that those two – those three – We'll kind of, again, it'll it'll just be the, I think it'll come down to one of those teams for the championship. And again, we don't know who's stepping up for each team. These sophomores, freshmen, uh, we don't know. We had never seen them play. So for all we know, they could have some hidden gems in there that could really stick out for us and really make a difference um, this year. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. I guess that's why they play the games. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, moving on. uh Let's, let's go down to head up to Minford. Um, Coach Brent Daniels is bringing his team back after a 6-4 and four year. Um, they were 1-3 in the SoC, uh, finished in 3rd or 4th. Um, a big news for them is that drop down from Division 4 to Division 5. Um, again, like we said, that Division 5, that Region 17, is going to be really crowded this year. Uh, Minford dropping down is a big reason why. Um, but it should definitely help them out if they were to have a good season. Um, to uh, make a playoff push. They won't be playing below their level, but they'll be playing at their level with the, against those Division 5 schools. So that should be a big help for them in a playoff push. Um, last year they lost uh, running back Zach Justice. He graduated last year after a 1,000 yard season. And um, defensive back Tate Hall, um, 47 tackles, four interceptions. Um, good news for them, they'll have another good defensive year with uh, Eli Daniels um, coming back. He had 113 tackles and four sacks last year. Um, Defensive end Kane Madden has been a beast last year, and he had four sacks. Um, so they'll have another scary defense. But I guess the big question is on offense. Uh, sophomore Noah Gray um, took over well. He played um, some time last year because of injury. But um, other than that, there, there's there's still some question marks on offense for Minford.
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, like you said, Kane Madden, Eli Daniels, leading the offensive line again. Yeah. Brent Daniels, um, the head coach, feels really good about his offensive line. I know they're going a little bit away from the wing tee this year. You know they might go more shotgun, spread it out, multiple formations. Um, yeah, they're they're kind of going back to the drawing board a little bit on that. Um, one interesting note about Minford. Is that the last two years um, they missed the playoffs in the last week of the regular season? Yeah. Um, two years ago they lost to Valley forty-one thirty-one, and last year they lost to Valley 28-14. So yeah. they could have actually been in the playoffs the last two years if they would have won the last game.
0: And that battle of uh Lucasville Minford Road, usually looms low, uh, looms large in playoff seating. Um, should again that should it should again this year with Minford um, moving down to Division Five. Um, it'll be interesting to see if. Um, that move down will improve their playoff um, positioning. I think it will, um, but again, it's going to be very crowded. Very hard to reach the playoffs in um, Region 17. There's it's just so crowded. I mean, you got um, Piketon is going to be in there again. Oak Hills moving up. Um, it's just going to be um, like it's going to be very crowded. Difficult to make. Um, yeah, uh, I. I don't know. Like we said, there's a lot of unknowns. I think a big get for Minford was um, halfback Michael Stilner. who's a transfer from East. Um, he was a uh, third-team All-State last year at linebacker, and he'll be joining the Falcons this year, so um, that's a big get for them. Um, I think he'll play a little bit of running back. Um, it seems like they had a lot of running backs. Um, there's going to be a lot of kids getting carries back there for the Falcons.
1: Yeah, um actually when I talked to coach Daniels about that, he said um, I think third or fourth week he was talking to one of the opposing teams and he said after the first quarter neither one had their starting running back. He said injuries just derailed them last year. And I think that'll be a big key this year. Minford has the talent to really make the playoffs and and maybe even have an outside shot to compete with the top 3 in the SOC 2 but you know, they're they're not deep. You know, if one or two Big Injuries like last year, you know, and it could derail them to another one and three conference record again. So, how are they going to manage injuries? Are they going to have any big injuries? Mm-hmm. And
0: every team has injuries. I guess it comes down to whether you're, you can manage them or not. Um, another team with injuries last year was Waverly, um, ended up at three and seven. Um, didn't win a conference game last year. I think they've only won two conf- or one conference game in the last two years. Um, this year it should be interesting. Um, looks like uh, um, they lost running backs Devin Rigsby and Brian Sidris last season. Um, the big bruising running backs it looks like they're going to be a lot lighter um, but a lot more speed so um, they'll be switching to a more spread out pistol, pistol offense. Um, there's a quarterback competition going on between Logan Cottonbrook, a junior, and Clayton Howell, a sophomore, um, but I think that a move to a pistol, sort of spread out offense like that could do well for them and Maybe sort of set himself apart in the SOC too.
1: Yeah, I like I like the move to the pistol for Waverly. Um, it it kind of gives the quarterback a little bit of an option. Um, he's not under center, you know, to where he's really up close to the action. So he's kind of almost in a shotgun, but. Therefore, you know, the running back, with the running back being behind him, he still gets to use both sides of the formation. So it doesn't limit the running plays if he's in the shotgun. So it still gives them a two way go as far as the formations are concerned. And they can utilize their speed. You know, they can use both sides of the formation. They can utilize their speed. And, you know, within luck, you know, Waverly can put together some wins, you know, make some competitive games and, you know, really kind of show off their new. New formation and new speed.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure they're going to try and utilize their uh, big offensive line. Um, four of their five starters are returning from last year, um, especially Aaron Elliott. He was a um, – reached state, the state finals, I think. I think he placed in – just missed the podium in shot put. Um, he's a really big kid, a uh, good guy. Um, he will be starting. Uh, River Sears um, will return the offensive line. He'll also play linebacker for them um, along with Abe Kelly and Andrew Trego. So – that's going to be a big offensive line, um, and they've got some big receivers too, so they'll have um, some options uh, to either run the ball or throw the ball. Um, and I think that's dangerous in the SFC too because, I mean, you got teams like Minford, um, West. Those are a couple of ball control offenses. And if you kind of set yourself apart, you gotta teams have to prepare for you in that really takes away from what the other teams will be able to do to you defensively.
1: Yeah, anytime you have size outside and you can throw up a 50-50 ball, you know, and you have a 6-2, 6-1 receiver that can go up and get the ball, I mean, that's just dangerous. You know, that's always going to be dangerous. So if Waverly can, you know, come down with half those, they might set themselves apart. You yeah. know, they might have a chance to compete.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, finish with the SOC 2, that's all five teams. If you want to run through the moment of truth, who do you think? How do you think it shakes out? Where do you think everyone ends up?
1: I think I'll give it to Valley. Uh, slot edge over Willersburg. Uh, main reason being, like you said, Valley has so many people back. We don't know about Willersburg. Um, and Willersburg goes to Ironton, Jackson, Memphis, and Valley this year. Tough road slate. To so I think I give it to Valley over Willersburg with West coming in third. I think those are my top three with Minford and Waverly, fourth and fifth. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, I I really think that Wheelersburg is just going to find a way to plug people in and end up uh, with the conference championship. Um, I Again, I, those any of those top three teams could be um, ending up on top. And even Minford and Waverly, they could challenge too. But I think that Wheelersburg will be able to just kind of keep going, doing what they're doing. If ain't broke don't fix it. Um, I think they'll end up with the conference championship. However, I think Valley's going to end up going really deep in the playoffs because, like we said, that uh, region 21 is pretty bare. Um, so you could see them, again, finish in second or third in the SOC2 and still end up um, maybe in the final four, maybe in the state finals. Um, I have a, probably Portsmouth West coming in third and Minford and Waverly coming up in fourth and fifth. Um, do you want to talk about Portsmouth? Sure. Um, so new conference, yeah. new conference, new coach uh, Brand new era of Trojan football It's going to be an interesting year for them Last year they went 3-7 and seven. I think they won one SCOAL game But um, they're moving on from that Rest in peace SCOAL uh, This will be the last year for that conference The oldest non-city league In Ohio history um, It'll come to an end after this year When Gallopolis joins um, The Portsmouth's new uh, conference In the OVC And um, with the new coach, they got a couple new systems coming in. Um, gone is Sky Oliver, who was their dynamic signal caller last year. You got Darren Robinson also graduating, Vinny Kennedy walking on to, um, to Marshall. He was an offensive, big offensive lineman and defensive lineman for the Trojans. Um, Alex Dickerson also gone. Michael Sturgill, a lot of graduation, but. They're going to be a lot bigger this year. Um, lots of young size coming back for the Trojans. Uh, Warren Goddard leads the way at offensive lineman and defensive lineman. He's a senior. Um, they're going to be big. They're going to be strong. They're going to run the ball, um, which I think fits in well with that um, whole makeup of the OVC.
1: I do too. Um, you know, sometimes there was a question whether you know their size fit the SEOAL. Well, I don't think that'll be a question with OVC. You know, I think they fit in well. So I think their size will be able to compete, um, you know. And with Cole Lowry, you know, presuming he'll be the starting quarterback this year, um, the good news is with Scott Oliver having an ankle injury last year, he got some time as a freshman. So he'll be able to come in, and it's not going to be all new to him as a sophomore. Yeah. you know, he does have some experience.
0: Mm-hmm. He get picked up two of the three Trojans wins last year against Waverly and Cincinnati Hughes. Um, so he got some experience. Played, he got his first start against Wheelersburg. That kind of threw him into the fire there. Played pretty well considering the circumstances. But um, then played receiver. Yeah. So, so he played all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he's got very good experience. Very versatile. Um, I, when I was talking to um, Coach Aaron Duncan. Um, it really seemed like they were kind of gear up. And I mean, even though they um, lost Darian Robinson, Alex Dickerson. They still have a lot of running backs coming back. Austin Hollins and DeRay Richardson, along with Austin Mullins, they should kind of head up the running game for them. Um, So I I think they'll kind of sort of transition into that power football, maybe spread them out a little bit, hit them up the middle. Um, I think Zach Delotel is going to be prime for a big year. He'll play tight end, and I think a little bit of a linebacker for them. He's also going to be their kicker. Doesn't really fit the mold as a kicker, but. Um, he did hit some big field goals last year. Um, so I think it'll be interesting. I I don't know. I mean, they're still going to be playing that difficult uh, non conference schedule against West and Wheelersburg um, and then Valley. Uh, open up the game, um, open up the season on Thursday uh, against Valley. But um, they'll have that not difficult non conference schedule. But I think that they'll fit in nicely with the OVC, and they should be able to find their way um, toward the middle, toward the top of the pack, I think. I think they're going to surprise some teams in that new conference this year.
1: I do, too. I think that they'll be able to compete. I think one big change that you could look forward to, and I haven't really talked to Coach Duncan about this, but I think one big thing is, like you said, they'll run the ball more, more play action. I think it'll be more of a controlled top tempo. You know, last year I think they fell into the trap. They let Sky Oliver, you know, go back, go through a read. If it wasn't there, just kind of take off. Make something happen. It was kind of more of a backyard top top ball. Um, I think the control this year will really help Lowry's development. And like you said, I think that they can go up and compete with Ironton, who's in the OVC this year. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other teams. I, th- I think that they'll have a good chance.
0: Yeah, I think Ironton is probably going to run away with this with this conference. Uh, they were just so good last year, uh, being an independent, moving into this conference. Uh, uh, I think that. They'll probably end up taking the whole thing. Um, it's going to be harder for any one of them to compete with the tradition and everything that they've built. Um, but I think Port's big game of the year will come on October 23rd at Colgrove. Because Colgrove ended up 7-3 and last year. Um, They're on the cusp of making the playoffs. I think that that's going to be a big game for them to sort of prove that they belong or sort of fit in with the OVC. If they can come up with a win against Colgrove, Um, That should put them sort of near the top of that division. Maybe he's finished in second place, third place. Um, And who knows, maybe uh, Ironton will drop a couple games this year and um, they can end up stealing the um, the conference. So um, it'll be interesting. I think that in terms of the playoff picture, um, you're playing those SEOAL games. Uh, It's so hard to beat a team like Jackson, who's so much bigger than you, has so much more depth. playing Warren, you're playing Logan. All those teams are so much bigger. They have so many more players, um, and you can't. It, it's hard to even pick up playoff points when you're playing teams like that. I mean, you get a lot more for beating them, but if you're not winning any games, you're not picking up any points. So maybe if the competition might be a little bit lower in the OVC, um, they'll be actually picking up points and uh, sort of com- um, competing for the playoffs. And um, I think that should help them out and really tighten up that playoff picture in the um, in region to- uh, region 17.
1: I completely agree, actually. Um, you know, last year they struggled with the big teams. But, you know, there were a few games that they kept it really close. And who knows, this year, you know, they might have taken that experience and really it might have helped them when they compete, like you said, with Colgrove, who was 7-3. and three. Well, now that they are more of Cogrove's size, maybe last year when they played Jackson and some of the bigger teams, maybe that will help them prepare for Cogrove and Fairland and some of the other teams. Yeah. You know, iron, that could really help them.
0: Iron, Sherbin, iron. Maybe they'll be better for it. And um, I think that uh, with a with new coach, new conference, this will kind of usher in sort of golden age of Portsmouth football. We haven't seen them really – they haven't had a winning season since, I think, 2009, haven't made the playoffs since 2007. I think with the, the new conference, they should really uh, figure in to be in the playoff picture year after year. I think that um, this is only good for Portsmouth. I don't think they're moving away from the SEOAL – um can do them any harm. Um let's jump over to Pike then real quick. Um, to knock out on um the only S V C team in the area. Um last year they finished five and five. Um hadn't ended up with two big wins at the end of the year. They knocked off Paint Valley who ended up splitting the S V C with um I believe who was it? Paint Valley and um was it E Odell
1: I think so. That's what, that's what I was wanting to say, but I'm not 100% sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, uh, th- despite that, um, they lost a lot last year. Um, they lost Ethan Frender, the running back, a 1,000-yard rusher, and then two wide receivers, Stephen Thacker and Aaron Southworth. Um, it was close to 2,500 yards of offense that's not coming back this year. However, they got De- Devin Brewster, third-year starter at quarterback, um, and a huge offensive line coming back, uh, four of the five. Uh, linemen from last year are coming back. Two of those are three year starters. So um, I think that they are in a pretty good position to uh, again make some noise in the S V C. Um, but I mean that S V C it's it's an interesting conference. They don't have I mean Unioto is a lot bigger than everyone, so they kinda of dominate year after year. But other than that, everyone's pretty even. There's no real team that dominates the standing. So I think that gives Paikton, year in, year out, a good chance to sort of compete um, and steal a steal conference title.
1: Piketon's Paxton, always one of those things that they seem like they're right there. You know, yeah. one or two things happen, and it, it could catapult him up there toward the top. You know, but they seem like they're always right there in the mix. Yeah. So they just don't get that one or two break that they need. Last, to year jump they, last year
0: they lost a lot of breaks. They had a lot of injuries. Devin Brewster missed some time. Um, I know uh, Matt Smith... Or, Matt Smith, their uh, their lineman and linebacker missed some time, uh, so yeah, the injury bug hit them hard last year. Maybe that'll that'll kind of even out this year. They'll uh, catch a little bit of a break and sort of um, make a little bit of a run. Um, you want to touch on Greenup County? Sure, um,
1: Greenup County to me, I think it's kind of a make or break year this year. Um, they finished four and six last year. Well. You know, 4-7 and seven if you count the playoff loss. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't make the playoffs. Um, th- their goal is to get to 500, obviously. Um, this is uh, Chris Mullins' fifth year, so, so that's kind of been a, a five-year goal. You know they have a, a senior-laden roster. You know, quarterback Jared Hunt's been in the system three years. You know, they run a spread. Um, they've got uh, running back Ryan Bird, who's a senior. He's kind of an interesting story. He's coming back from an ACL injury that he suffered um, his junior year, didn't didn't get to play. But as a sophomore, he rushed for a thousand yards in six games. I mean that, that's yeah. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's that's um, quite the total there. And, and the defense only allowed nineteen points per game last year. Yeah. You know, they but but turnovers killed him. Yeah. You know, turnovers was a big story last year. Um they cut down on turnovers, you know, and win a couple of close games. You know, they, they played Russell, who is always good, you know, down there, and Russell beat them 22-15. You know, they were – I think they lost four of their six games by like one score. You know, so they're always in it. You know, they just have to turn the corner and figure out a way to win those one-score games. And, you know, they could have a winning season this year.
0: Yeah, I feel like turnovers, um, some years you catch the break, some years that you don't. Maybe this year is the year that some of those fumbles will bounce back to them. And uh, it's just – sometimes that's the way the ball bounces. Um, I think with Kentucky, it's it's nice for them that uh, the way their playoffs are set up, that they can always have a chance every year to sort of get in there and make some noise. Um, but like you said, if you want to get back to 500, this is kind of the year to do it. This is, they got a good senior class, and I think that, um, like you said, this is a pretty, uh, pretty big year make or break for them.
1: I would like to think that they'll be able to do it this year, I really do. Yeah. I think they've got the pieces in place. Um, you know, and, and I think they'll be able to do it, actually.
0: Yeah. Uh, wanna move on to the SOC 1? Sure. Um, so, another uh, expansion this year in the SOC 1, uh, Eastern, uh, Eastern Pike will make their debut season of varsity football. Um, last two years, they um, they only dropped two JV games, and I know they beat teams like Minford, Minford's JV, and West JV. Um, so, they've been pretty competitive. Um, at least in terms of the, the lower tier JV football. Um, and a lot of those kids were, it's not like they were playing seniors. I mean, they've been, it's a lot of younger kids. Uh, there's a, they have a big junior class, a couple seniors, but um, I think they should be able to compete. I think um, Scott Tomlinson, their coach, really built that program from scratch. There was, all they had there when, when he showed up was a field. He, he pretty much just took over right, right away, uh, built it himself, and um, I mean, he's a Rich Rodriguez disciple, so they were on that um, spread offense. He played under Rich Rod at Glendale State in the '90s, um, so they 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 really set themselves apart in the SSC one with that uh, spread offense. Um, we talked about some of those power rushing teams in the SSC two. There's a there's a lot more of those in the SSC one, so they really set themselves apart. Um, I think that they'll be able to compete in their first season. I think that. Um, I mean, Oak Hill, Sims Valley, Northwest—they all shared the title last year. I think Eastern is going to be right up there with them. Um, Ethan Lice will be their quarterback. He's a good basketball player for them. Um, Cole Fremont should be doing most of the rushing. Dalton Tomlinson has been getting looks from colleges at tight end and defensive end. Um, I think they're going to be—they're um, going to be the dark horse in the SSC one this year.
1: It's kind of funny you mention that because, yeah, I have them pegged as the wild card. And you mentioned uh, Lice, you know, was a good basketball player. Some of the SoC One coaches I talked to actually said with them running the spread, what do you need? You need good athletes, right? Well, you know, a lot of the SoC One coaches said they always have a good basketball program, which means they have several good athletes. So they're always wondering, you know, how's that going to transition on the football field? If they have some good athletes, they should be able to compete right away. So a lot of coaches I'm talking to are concerned you know how's their spread going to you know match up with everyone else's? There's a lot of concerned SLC1 coaches out there that just don't know how to prepare for Eastern because they haven't seen them. It's you know, interesting, they don't know how good they are.
0: It's interesting, too, because uh, Scott Tomlinson said that they, they purposely kind of avoided playing those SLC1 schools, they didn't play Oak Hill, they didn't play Northwest, they didn't play Sims Valley. Um, they made they played Sims Valley, I think, two years ago, but that, that's about it. I mean, they've really kind of Shrouded that program in mystery, so no one really knows what they expect out of them. Um, we just know it's going to be a lot different than what everyone else has been seeing. I I really think that they're um, going to surprise some people this year. Um, but let's jump over to Jackson County and Oak Hill. Um, again, they they've got to be the team to beat. Five of the last six SSC championships have come from them, either uh, outright or shared. Um, they lost some people last year. Uh, Clayton Christensen, their QB, and Jonathan Harrison. That was kind of a historic um, quarterback-wide receiver combo that they won't have coming back this year. Uh, but, again, they were like uh, Wheelersburg. They're like um, Valley almost. I mean, more like Wheelersburg. They kind of have their system. They pick their players up. They kind of – the kids learn in the Pee-wee system, and they play the same kind of football their entire life. They come up, and they're ready to go once their, their number is called. So, um, again, I think they got to kind of, kind of be the team to beat this year in the SOC 1.
1: So how would you like to have this problem? Uh, Nathan Dugan is um, talking about his depth, and he said that their goal is to have three players for every two positions. <laughs> he said literally, um, for example, they have three fullbacks, Matt Gilliland, Matt Carpenter, and Tyler Trish on the roster, and they also play inside linebacker. He said so two of those three players will start at inside linebacker, and the one that doesn't will start at fullback, and then they'll just rotate. Yeah. He said every position will be like that. He yeah. said they literally will have the deepest team in the
0: SOC. Yeah, that's a fun problem to have. Exactly, and they have uh, what a roster of almost sixty kids that no one else in the SOC one comes close. You got Northwest is probably as big a school as them, but I don't know if they have as many kids on their football team. Um, Sims Valley is a Division Seven school, um, and then everyone else in the league pretty kind of struggles to get kids onto their team. I mean. Green and Notre Dame, they only have about 20 kids. Uh, Eastern has, I think, 28 or 30, maybe 30 lower, higher 30s. Um, but they don't have anything what, what Oak Hill has, and that's a huge advantage in the SSE 1, where you don't have to sort of protect your players in practice, you can kind of go full go, you got people that can step up if there's injuries. Um, that's huge, and the uh, only thing with Oak Hill is they move up to Division 5 into that yeah. really difficult Region 17. So. I feel like even if they're going to go ahead and win to the conference like they did the last six years, they're going to have a really tough time making the playoffs, especially playing these Division Seven schools week in and week out.
1: I completely agree. Um, Nathan Dugan said that they um, aren't even going to talk to playoffs unless they're 8-2, possibly 9-1. So that shows how you know, competitive the Division five's is going to be. But actually, you know, if you look at Oak Hill, they could be kind of a wild card too. They're completely switching their entire philosophy. On offense, you know, they were power I last year. And he said they had five running backs on the roster this year that aren't tailback quality. They're all slashers and, you know, kind of those guys, s- you know. speed guys. So they're going to a double wing to get three running backs on the field at the same time. Yeah. You know, defense, they were 3-4 because they had a you know big body in the middle that would take up two gaps. They don't have that this year, so they're going 4-4. Four, four. They're going to attack. Yeah. You know, so they're kind of like Eastern. Nobody really knows how to prepare for it because it's a completely new system. Yeah. You know, so they, they could actually be pretty interesting to watch, unlike they need any more advantages, but you yeah. know, they're gonna they could have some. Yeah, it's
0: kinda interesting Oak Hill. they you're in you're in and you're out there and competitive, but it seems like they kinda switch up their system and um, they're good at it. They do it every year. And uh five of the last six years they're the SSC one champion and uh you gotta expect we'll be up there again this year. Um, let's move on to Sims Valley, um, in Lawrence County. Um, again, I think that they're I, I think out of all the SOC 1 schools, I think Simms Valley has the best chance to make the playoffs because um, being a Division 7 school, they'll be playing at their level or above in the SOC 1. Um, Oak Hill, Northwest, they're going to be playing down against some of these Division 7 schools, so they're not going to get as many Harbin points. I think Simms Valley has the best chance, um, since they're on that level, to kind of play up and, uh, and make the playoffs. Um, I mean, they got nine starters coming back. Um, uh, Derek Smith, Peyton Hayes, Colin Webb. Uh, Colin Webb was their all SFC running back last year. Um, again, but I think they were uh, sort of like, uh, I can't remember who we were talking about before. I think it was Minford. They're not as deep.
1: No, they're not. And, um, you know, Rusty Webb talked about injuries being a concern. You know, he said if he could have one Christmas gift, you know, it'd be that nobody got injured. Yeah. So I'm sure, know, I'm, sure coach anything,
0: I'm sure most coaches will want that for their Christmas present.
1: Absolutely. You know, they have 12, 12 seniors on the roster. You know, they're good. They're talented. But, you know, can they avoid the injury bug? Yeah. You know, and speaking of Rusty Webb, you know, he's only three wins shy of 100, you know, which is a pretty cool milestone. Yeah. So, you know, he'll definitely reach that this year, but I'm sure they've got loftier expectations than three wins. Yeah. And so, like,
0: like I said, I think though, um, I mean, they made the playoffs last year, lost to Trimble. It's hard to beat Trimble. They're pretty good. But, um, again, I think with uh, the way the division shook out this year, the Sims Valley is going to have a good chance to make some noise in the postseason. Uh, Moving on to Northwest, um, historic year for them last year. Um, It was a really weird year for them. No home field. They had to play all their games on the road um, at Portsmouth or Spartan Stadium um, because of their field not being ready. I guess they've uh, torn up all the sod and replaced it. It's good to go for this year. They'll have some home games. Um, they went 5-5 five and five overall, but went 4-1 in the SOC 1. So um, really interesting dynamic there. That um, I guess the beginning of the season, they played some of those bigger schools, um, but once they got down in the SOC 1, they kind of just ran through the league. Um, had a chance to win the whole thing against Oak Hill, um, but fell a little bit short. Um, I think, obviously, you're losing Drew Scarberry, their quarterback, but that might not be as big a loss as people think because, I mean, they're um, they don't throw the ball that much. And uh, quarterback is important for leadership and everything like that, but um, you don't really need a guy to throw the ball with Northwest offense.
1: No, you're absolutely right. Um, they run a double tight offense, um, so throwing the ball isn't really the number one cra- you know, criteria. Yeah, they did lose Drew. Um, Garrett Rowe, a sophomore, is taking over. Brooks Fry, the head coach, has actually said the number one thing that they're working on this uh, summer is his leadership. He's not a very vocal guy, but they're trying to get him to be more assertive in the huddle, get the guys lined up where they're supposed to be, and just kind of take control of the offense. Um, they do want to line up a little bit more in shotgun and throw the ball more this year just to kind of keep defenses from packing nine, ten guys in the box to keep them from running the ball. So they are going to throw a little bit more in the, you know, than years past, But traditionally, throwing the ball has not really been a criteria for their quarterbacks. Mm -hmm.
0: And you uh, talked about that leadership. That will probably fall on uh, Donnie uh, Donnie Borens and uh, Jordan Bringer. Um, I think both of them carried the ball last year and played uh, a lot of snaps on defense. So they'll kind of pick up that leadership role. um, And uh, obviously, they'll rely on them heavily for uh, yards and tackles. Like they did last year, they also have Marcus Mitchell coming back. I think he was an offensive lineman, right? Yes. Um, so uh, again, I then moving down to the SOC one, um, definitely kind of boosted their sort of uh, school morale. I mean, they won a uh, conference championship for the first time in school history last year, or at least shared the title. Um, that probably is impossible in the SOC two. So that's um, that's that's big for them to um, sort of kind of celebrate that. Um, their football program is sort of kind of making the making that, turning that corner and um, getting a lot better. Um, I, I honestly don't know if they'll be able to compete in the playoff race in uh, Division 21, or Region 21, uh, Region 17, I'm sorry, in the Division 5. But, um, again, if you're gonna compete for an SSC 1 title, that's that's kind of your playoffs, year in and year out. and. If you can compete for that, hang your hat on an SOC 1 title, that's nothing, that's nothing to turn your nose on, bad. They, uh, Yeah, well, you know, they returned 14
1: seniors, so, you know, they do have a good foundation this year. Um, they split road games against, you know, they beat Sims Valley on the road in overtime last year, lost, like you said, to no kill. Um, they get both teams at home this year. So they have a chance for the SOC 1, you know, and if you win it, you know, depending on, you know, playoff points and this and that, you have a shot. Yeah. So you know Northwest, you know has a has a shot if they can compete for another SOC one championship, to maybe grab a playoff spot, which would be another you know milestone, you know for them. You know the program keeps you know Bruce Fry keeps building the program slowly and incrementally.
0: Yeah, and if they're going to want to compete for the playoffs, they have to win more uh, non-conference games. They only won one last year, so absolutely. Um, they kind of got off to a slow start, but they really turned it around there in the second half of the season and. Um, hopefully they can remote, ride that momentum into this season. Um, another interesting team, um, the East Tartans, um, went five and five last year. They were they had an interesting year just for the pure fact that with a sort of running offense, power running offense, they averaged thirty one points a game. But in their losses, their uh, five losses last year, they only averaged nine points, and a lot of those losses came without um, offensive lineman Ohio State uh, commit. Tyler Gerald and without um, Nick Basham, their senior offensive lineman, both of those guys will be gone this year. So that's going to be that's a lot of size, a lot of talent to make up on the offensive line.
1: Yeah, how would you like? Um, you know, they return sophomore tackle Blaine Scott, who's already drawing you know college interest. Exactly, he's going
0: to go wherever he wants.
1: Absolutely, you know Virginia Tech. You know, I think he's been to all, all kinds of camps. So got two far.
0: offers right now toledo and Ohio, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot more coming in the future.
1: Absolutely. And um, James Gifford has still said that the offensive line is still probably the weakness of the team. Yeah. You know, with with him on board as yeah. the right tackle. So, you know, that's still going to be a bit work in progress. So I, I think they might go away from the power run a little bit this year. I think they're going to try to spread it out. You know, he said that they have more skill position players. And, you know, if he had his choice, he'd turn some of them into offensive linemen. Yeah. You know, so... You know they got some skill position players. I know Drew Lowe is going to be the quarterback. You know they are going to mix Akia Brown in at quarterback, which I think is some. interesting
0: because Akia Brown, uh, two years, he's a going to be a junior this year. Two years he's recorded two thousand yard season. That's pretty rare for any high school athlete. He scored sixteen touchdowns this year. So interesting to see them kind of move away from him as a running back. And see, I mean I don't know what kind of arm he has. Um, I've never seen him throw a football, but that's an interesting move by them to sort of move him to the uh, focal point of the offense as a quarterback. Well
1: Drew's gonna be the quarterback. Okay. Yeah. They're gonna Drew's gonna be the quarterback. They're gonna put Ikea there some to run maybe some Wildcat top stuff.
0: Okay. But so then he's just like a certain package.
1: Exactly. Okay. Yeah, he's gonna be in a package, but then he's gonna stay back at the running back spot. Yeah, they've kinda flirted with it a little bit this this off season. Um but yeah he's going for his third straight thousand yard season, you know, which which isn't heralded and um but I think this is a make or break for you know East. You know they were five and five last year. I think uh, JoeIdle.com you know has them as a team to watch, yeah. which James Gifford was you know grateful for. But at the same time, they have a lot of work to do to get over 500.
0: Yeah, and I defense was kind of a weak point for them last year. Um, they uh, there was a streak where they scored. They won three games in a row and they scored I think 50 points over 50 points in each one of those games. They also allowed over, like, 35 points in each one of those games too. So um, that was kind of an issue for them, trying to just stop the run. I don't know if it was a depth issue because they're like uh, Green and Notre Dame. They only have about 25 kids in their roster. Um, I, I'm not sure if what James Gifford's uh, plan is for the defense this year, um, but that's something that they're going to have to address this season if they want to get over five hundred and sort of challenge for that playoff spot. Yeah, like many uh,
1: high school teams, it seems like nowadays, they're going to the 4-4. They're going to attack more, be aggressive. Um, you know, think of West, teams like that. They're going to try to employ that. You know, when teams like to run the ball, they'll move a, a backer out there and make it a 5-2. So they're, they're going to be aggressive this year and really try to get after some offenses and really try to step up their defense. Yeah. So, but like you said, that was a weak point last year. They're going to have to share that up.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be interesting uh, to see where they end up. I think they're going to be another dark, dark horse if they can get all their problems, replace all those guys. Um, moving down to uh, Notre Dame, uh, tough season for them last year. Uh, they went 2-8, and eight, uh, finished 1-4 um, in the S.O.C. 1. Um, they lost a lot of people too, uh, especially in the offensive line. C.J. Smith, Evan Corral, uh, Charlie Eichenlob. Um, they also lost Hayden Phillips, a running back. Um, and uh, talking to Bob Ashley, they only have 23 players on their roster for this season, so it's going to be tough for them to sort of compete with these Oak Hills and these Northwest, these a lot of bigger schools, um, just because they just don't have they don't have the manpower.
1: Yeah, a small school, you know, you typically get that. You know, Notre Dame is I think the smallest school in the area, so you know you typically get a numbers issue. You know, football, I think basketball, things like that, um, but. Honestly, you know, who does more with less talent than, you know, Bob Ashley? Yeah. I mean, he's he's terrific at getting his players to really buy into his system. You know, if anyone can take 23 players and compete for a title, you know, it's Bob Ashley. So so never count them out.
0: Yeah, they were in the playoffs two years ago. Absolutely. So they had 2,000 yard rushers just two years ago. Um, It's just going to be tough for them uh, to, I guess, I mean, they're going to be pretty small on the offensive line. I mean, this will be tough. They're gonna to have to keep everyone healthy, and that's gonna be difficult with only 23 players. Um, big names to watch for from them this year Sam Kayser and Michael Collins should lead the rushing attack. Um, Collins had six touchdowns last year, Sam Kayser had uh, 400 yards, um, and he was one of, I guess, five or six ball carriers for them. Um, Aaron Bazer should have another big year um, at linebacker. Um, we're still trying to figure out who's um, going to be, play, be playing quarterback for them, either Isaiah Johnson or Drew Cassidy. Um, but again, uh, with just, it's all going to come down to numbers with them, and if they can keep everyone healthy.
1: Yeah, and when you run the wing tee, you know which I know uh, Bob Ashley's run, you know at least since I've been here and probably longer. Um, wing tee always, you know, seems to work in high school and seems to give you an advantage. You know, it's a counter based offense, and anytime you run a counter based offense. It kind of nullifies aggressive defenses. So it always
0: gives you a chance. Exactly. And he, he just, runs it really well. He's got to wait for the mi- defense to make a mistake and pounce on it. And it's if you just keep doing the same thing, you're going to crack that nut uh, at least once a game. Um, and then finishing up with Green, uh, they also had another tough year last year. Um, they finished with 2-8. and eight. Um, They had two big wins, uh, one against West Union. I think they only had 13 players dressed for that game. Still came out with a victory over West Union. They also beat Hannon, West Virginia. Um, Good news for them is they have a lot more to work with this year. Uh, Ted Newsom, uh, the coach there, is really building up that program. They went from 13 players last year up to 21. So that's a lot. That's worlds apart from where they were last year.
1: Yeah, I know. I think last year, you know, they had offensive linemen playing skill position, you know, last year. You know, they struggled. You know, they struggled with numbers. But you know, going to 21 kids just this year. You know, Ted Newsom has a plan. You know, he's sticking to it. He's building the program. You know, I think next year. You know, what's he wanting? To rock, I think around 30 kids or something. He told me.
0: He told me if you have 30 kids, that they can be competitive within a year. So they're building toward that. They're growing the program every year. Um, Wyatt Blevins should be their uh, leading rusher this year. He was an all SSC running back last year. Um, Bryce Salyer should lead the offensive line. He's a big kid. Um, should plug up the middle there on defense, and um, Tyler Darnell should be their quarterback. Um, so I look for them to be a lot more competitive this year just because they have the numbers and they have um, sort of that ability to take a little more risk, risks in practice and sort of, um, you know, not have to protect their players. Um, they can be a little bit more flexible. And uh, Ted Newsom told me he said they have, he has 21 players. He wouldn't hesitate for a second to put any of them in there. So they can all contribute. And um, that should be a huge help in this year.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, I think he has a plan. I think he's sticking to it. And I think that they'll continuously get better. You know, the results might not show this year. But, you know, in the future, you know, they will continue to get better.
0: All right, moment of truth. Uh, went through everyone in the SOC one. Um, if you could rank them. Where do you have them right now? I don't see how you could go anywhere but Oak Hill for,
1: you know, the SLC. You know, just historically five out of six seasons, you know, that kind of would give me the reason to believe that they'll make it six out of seven. I don't think they'll even share it. I think, you know, Oak Hill will win it. Um, I think Sims Valley will finish second. I think Northwest will finish third. And I actually think Eastern will finish fourth just ahead of East at fifth. Notre Dame, Six and East are and uh, Green, seven.
0: gotcha. well, uh, mine kind of looks a little bit similar. I have Oak Hill probably taking the the title i don't they might end up sharing it with someone, um, but again, I like you said, five of the last six years uh, they have their system. It's gonna be hard to beat them this year. Um, I would probably say Simmons Valley would slide in there too, and I think um, Northwest and Eastern are kind of get a battle for that. Um, Third spot and I think Eastern might take it from Northwest this year just because um, It's gonna be hard to prepare for East not does not much or not many people know about them and um, Having prepared for that spread offense this year is going to take a lot away from trying to prepare other areas um, of your team for a game So I think Eastern will take that number three spot with Northwest coming in four um, and then um, East Notre Dame and uh, Green coming in at five six and seven So there you go Um, do you think any anyone besides Sims Valley makes the playoffs in SSC 1?
1: I think Oak Hill has an outside shot, but I really honestly think they probably have to win nine games, yeah. maybe even go undefeated because of Division 5 like we talked about, which is really hard to do. But, you know, if Oak Hill can't do it, I don't think anyone else will.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we talked about um, SSE 2, Portsmouth, Piketon Do you think any of those teams make the playoffs? Who do you think uh, makes the postseason from that group?
1: Um. I don't think Portsmouth will this year. I don't think Pac- will this year. Yeah. You know, I, I think they're about a year away from actually um, making the playoffs. That's a good point.
0: I think uh, Portsmouth uh, just in the middle of they they got to go through. I know Aaron Duncan said that he doesn't even know how many what he's what to expect from some of the OVC teams this year. So they might need a year to go through see what they got. Um, I agree with you. I think uh, Portsmouth might miss out on the playoffs. I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. Um, I mean, I think Valley, Wheelersburg, uh, are, I wouldn't say they're locks, obviously, because there's still a lot of football to be played, but they probably have the best shot, um, right now of all, um, of all those teams to, to make the playoffs. Um, and like we said, we don't know, uh, who's stepping up. We don't know that some of these younger kids, uh, expect some of those guys to have, um, big years, but it's impossible to predict right now. So should be a good year of football, um expect a lot of things from teams this year and um, hopefully we can see another team make a or a couple teams make deep runs like Wheelersburg and Valley last year um, yeah so that'll pretty much do it for the first week of the uh, PDT Sportscast uh, like we said uh, this is going to be a weekly thing we're going to try and get these out on uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays of every week um, you can find us on iTunes you can uh, subscribe rate review us if you liked what you heard uh, we can kind of do this a little bit more and um start adding some cooler things. Um, and if you have anything that you'd like us to discuss, uh, send us a tweet. Um, Chris is at CR Sloan. Yes, I'm at PDT Sports Rider, or drop us an email at Sports at cifatalksmedia.com. Thanks for listening, and have a good week.